first grass, and the grass appeared. In verse 14, God said, let there be day and night, and there were day and night. In verse 20, God said, let the waters have creatures in them, and the air have creatures. And boom, we got fish, we've got birds. In verse 24, God said, let there be creatures on land, and we got the animals that crawl on the face of the earth. We may not like them all. They may be creepy and crawly, but we have them because God spoke them into existence. And then we get to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Sorry, my notes messed up on me here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God said, let there be man, and there was man. God created us in his own image. God breathed breath into our lungs. The God who created the world created you. He created you in his image because God speaks and things come to life. Just by the word, things come to life. Hebrews 11, verse 3 says, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The world was created by just the word of God. It didn't take anything else, just a word. I want to preach to you guys tonight from the title, You Get What You Say. I want everybody to stick out your tongue. Pull it around. Yeah. <laughs> you have 12 cranial nerves. Of those 12 cranial nerves, three of them are attached to your tongue. The tongue is accredited with the articulation of our speech. You have eight muscles in your tongue that allow movement and assist with your speech. There's our little anatomy lesson for the night. God put so much detail into something so little, our tongue. This right here, God put so much detail into it. If God put that much detail into creating it, don't you think he cares about what comes from it? The Bible talks about our tongue many times. In James chapter 3, verse 8, it says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Our tongue is unruly. That's why God takes control of it when we get the Holy Ghost. Because our tongue is unruly. Our tongue is not easily tamed. If we leave ourselves to it, our tongue can hurt people with the words that we say. I have an object lesson because I'm a Sunday school teacher. Becca, can you help me? I'm going to give Becca this tube of toothpaste and I'm going to have her squeeze out every bit of it into this cup.
that's good. Here we have almost a whole tube of toothpaste. This toothpaste is like our words. We speak them out, and we can never take them back. If I asked Becca to put on this glove and put the toothpaste back in, I don't think she could get it all back in the tube. She was not prepared for this, y'all. <laughs> See, it's not going to go back in. If our words are like this toothpaste squeezed out of a tube, we can't take them back. And even if we take them back and somebody says, oh, I forgive you, they still have these remnants. They have the feelings they felt when you spoke those words to them. They have the words that they could be something that edifies us and not God. They could be hurtful to somebody else. They could be words that put somebody down. They could be gossip. They could be things that don't please God. And we try to take them back, and we do our best. But the remnants of how you made somebody feel will always be there. They may not remember your words verbatim, but they remember the way that those words made them feel. But on the other hand, you have words that edify God and words that bring glory to God, words that build people up, words that speak life into our situation. We don't want to take those back, but there's always those remnants there. People may not remember, oh, Lexi said this to me, but they remember, I felt Jesus when Lexi spoke to me. I felt Jesus when she walked into my workplace today. They may not remember what you say, but they remember how they feel when you say it. They remember that you spoke in a godly manner. They remember God behind your words. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who make the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now go therefore, and I will be thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. God made our mouth, and he made our tongue. He'll teach us what to say. God will show us what to do in order to be successful in our speech, but we have to allow him to teach us. We may want to say, but God, I don't know what words to say. I don't know what words they need. I don't know what words to speak when I go into my workplace. And God says, did not I create your mouth? Allow me to teach you. Back to James chapter 3. We go on in the verses to hear that God tells them to be wise in their conversations. In James 3.13, Who is a wise man endured with knowledge among you? Let him show 
of a good conversation with his works with meekness and wisdom. A wise man brings his tongue into the subjection of Christ and uses his tongue wisely. A wise man allows God to teach him how to use his tongue. Have you ever gotten a gift from your parents and they tell you, use it wisely, like they give you some money and they tell you, don't spend it all in one place. This is how you should use it wisely. Maybe you should set some aside for savings. It's the same way with our tongue. God gave us our tongue, and he allows us the freedom to speak whatever we want. But he says, use it wisely. Take this tongue that I've given you and use it for my glory. Use it to edify me. Use your words to speak Jesus into situations. Our words hold a lot of power, more than we realize. When you speak, people feel something through your words. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. That's powerful. We have so much power in our little tongue. We have so much power that we can speak life into a situation or we can speak death into a situation. Why speak death into a situation when we can speak life into it? Why speak ugly when I'm able to be kind? Why speak ugly when I can spread Jesus through my words? Next Friday, I'm going to board a plane, and I'm going to start my journey to Africa, where I'll be for six months preaching the word of God. Can you imagine if I got on that plane and said, okay, God, maybe you'll do something. Maybe. I I don't know. Okay, God, hmm, I guess you could move in Africa. No, I'm walking on that plane, and I'm like, God, you're going to do something. God, you're going to do amazing things this trip. I'm going to see your power. God, use my tongue to bring glory to you in Africa. God, speak your words through me so I don't have to articulate them. God, bring my tongue captive so I can use it for your glory. Don't allow me to use my tongue in an unruly way, God. But it's not just that way when we go overseas. It's that way when we come into this place. When we come into the house of God, we say, God, you're going to move today. Not, maybe someone will get the Holy Ghost. If you look at your child and you say, hey, if you want to, can you please keep your room clean? Or you, clean it. Just, hey, can you please do that? It, only if you want to. If you don't, it's okay. Are they going to clean their room? No, they're not. If you, if you look at your child and say, hey, go clean your room, they're going to clean their room because they know you expect them to clean their room. When you give directions, you expect them to follow those directions. Your expectations shape your speech. If you walk in expecting God to move, you're going to see God move. We have to come in and proclaim, God, you will move. You will speak through whoever's preaching. You will perform miracles today. You get what you speak. I speak that God is moving in mighty ways. I speak life into every situation that I walk into. 
I speak revelation into each person I come in contact with. Verbalize the things that God is going to do in your life. Verbalize the healing that you're going to have. Verbalize it. Thank God in advance for what he's going to do. Thank you, God, for healing me. Thank you, God, for filling someone with the Holy Ghost today. Thank you, God, for that stranger I'm going to meet and talk to about you today. Thank you for bringing my children back to you. Thank you for stepping into my workplace before me. Thank you for allowing my coworkers to feel you. Thank you for the revival that's going to happen in Fort Myers. Thank you in advance, God. We speak victory. We speak revelation. We speak Jesus into our situations. No matter what the situation is, I want to speak Jesus. Whatever Jesus has for that situation, that's what I want to see happen. Psalms 107, verse 2. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. This, mer- this verse means, let the Lord speak up. Let the people of God speak up. Why speak up, though? Because you cannot focus on doubt and speak faith at the same time. When we speak faith, things come to life. When we speak God, he moves. When we speak Jesus, we see revival. God made you, and you have power. But what if we took this verse literally? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The word so has many applications in the English language. It can be used as several parts of speech. It can be an adverb, a conjunction, a pronoun, an adjective, etc. But I think its most powerful use is as an interjection. When we use it this way, the word so is a, f- a way to dismiss something. It's a way to give indifference or disinterest or contempt. So I use so as an interjection in this verse. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In the face of my trials, so. So what? I'm going to speak the words of God. My city doesn't seem hungry for you. So what? I'm going to pray anyways. I'm going to speak life into my city anyways. My loved ones are not living for you, God. So you can move. You can bring them back. Oh, but they don't want anything to do with church. Say, so? So what, God? I believe you can move on their hearts. I believe you will move in their homes. I believe you will move on them in the way that they know it's you, God. My situation seems impossible. So, I serve a God who's bigger. I serve the God who makes all things possible. My health is struggling. So, I serve the God who said, by my stripes, you are healed. I'm tired and weak. So, there's rest in Jesus. There's strength in Jesus. I have a story to tell you guys, and that I haven't shared much. Back in 2020, I went into a doctor's office because I was having some health issues. And I remember going in and the doctor telling me, Lexi, I think you have cancer. And I said, okay. They said, come back next week for more testing. I said, okay. So 
I left that office and I said, so, God, you are bigger than cancer. God, you are bigger than any situation I walk into. I walked through every day of the week leading up to my test saying, so what? God, you're bigger. Whether I have to fight this battle, you're bigger. Whether you heal me, you're bigger. God is bigger than any situation you walk into. I went for that test, and every bit of cancer was gone out of my body. God healed me because I spoke life into my situation. I spoke death into the cancer that was attacking my body. God healed me. God can heal any one of you guys. But the redeemed of the Lord have to say, so I've seen many people healed overseas in America. You can't convince me that there's not power in my soul. You have cancer, so what? God's a healer. Second Kings 2 verse 10, it says, And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me, when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. In this verse, Elisha was asking for a double portion of the mantle of Elijah. Because Elisha spoke it, it was so. You serve the Lord God who created you from your mother's womb. Speak as if you were created by him. Speak as if his breath is flowing through your lungs. God breathed breath into you. So glorify him with your words. God breathed the breath that I, that I have going through my lungs. So I'm going to edify him in my speech. I'll follow his words. I'll speak the words he's spoken. I'll speak when he instructs and go where he calls. I will do it because he's God. My tongue has power when I speak. Your tongue has power when you speak. When I speak something, it's going to happen because God gave me the power for it. But your tongue and your faith have to be in alignment for that to happen. Let me say that again. Your tongue and your faith have to be in alignment. If you say something, but you don't believe it's going to happen, it can't happen. You have to have faith that it's going to happen for your words to be so. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I speak it, it's going to happen because God said it's going to happen. Challenge your faith tonight. Speak into situations that you didn't think had life in them left. Speak into your families. Speak into your homes. Speak into your workplace. You can speak into any situation you walk into. And then you walk in the faith of what God has created you to do. If I speak it, God's going to do it. It's going to happen. Musicians, you can come. There's a song that says, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart, 
over every mind, over your workplace, over depression, over anxiety. Speak Jesus. Speak Jesus over the things you feel. Speak Jesus over your emotions. God, I don't think I can do it. No, Jesus said I can. I'm anxious. No, Jesus is bigger than that. God is bigger than depression. God is bigger than any situation that you might face. God is bigger. I speak joy. I speak peace. I speak the things of Jesus because I know that they're going to come to pass. Speak what God gives you to speak because he created you for it. When I was in Ghana, I met a missionary who was from a nation that I can't name. But he went into a church place in an all-Muslim area of this nation. And the Lord told him to go. They invited him to speak there, so he went to speak. And when he was singing, everybody was happy. When he was, he was singing about Jesus, but they just liked the way it sounded. And then he stopped. He put his guitar down, and he began to preach. And he began to preach about Jesus. And they pulled out their guns. And they said, we're going to kill you because you're speaking something we don't, we don't believe in. We don't believe in this Jesus that you speak of. And he said, okay. So he sat back and he prayed for a minute. And the Lord told him, ask who needs to be healed. And he said, does anybody in this place need a healing? And everybody raised their hands. And he said, okay, I want you to come up to the altar if you need a healing. And God told him, lay your hands on them and they'll be healed. So he did as the Lord said. He laid his hands on them and the blind were healed. They were able to see again. The deaf were able to hear again. So they went out into their village and they gathered all the blind people and all the deaf people and they brought them and God healed every single one of them. Because he spoke the words God gave him, that entire village was saved. Because he spoke Jesus to the people, their entire village received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in Jesus' name. All because he spoke Jesus. Stand with me tonight. I want to challenge your faith tonight to speak Jesus into every single situation. To walk into your workplace proclaiming Jesus. To walk into every situation, to your grocery store, proclaiming Jesus. I speak Jesus over every situation, over my workplace, over depression, over anxiety, over every one of my faults and failures. I speak Jesus. I speak peace. I speak joy. I speak all of the things that Jesus has called you to over your lives. But I want to challenge you guys tonight, challenge your faith. And speak Jesus in every situation. These altars are open tonight. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I can't stop shouting.
Amen, amen. We don't want to stop singing about Jesus. We don't want to stop speaking his word. Amen. Speaking life into our situation. Amen. Speaking victory. Amen. Through our words. Amen. Even Jesus, uh, when he was face to face with the devil in the wilderness, all Jesus did respond to him is just quoted the word of God. And because the devil cannot defeat the word of God, because the word of God is alive, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, amen, and when the word of God goes forth, it does not return void, it accomplishes and it prospers into whither to it is sent, amen, and so uh, we need more of his word released into our situation, and the way that happens is through our voice, our mouth, our words, amen, speaking life to our situation is going to give us the victory that much sooner, amen? Does a lot better than complaining, right? Or sowing seeds of, of uh, unbelief and discord and uh, even giving uh, credit to the devil. When the, we give credit to the devil, that's like giving praise to him because that gives him glory, right? Even if the devil is solely responsible for it, we shouldn't give him any credit for it. We're just going to speak God and speak life into the situation, right? Because he doesn't need any more power or credit or glory. All glory and honor goes to Jesus. Amen. That's what we're going to speak and release through our mouth. Amen. Into our situation, our home, and we'll see God do great things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Lexi, for that word. Thank you for reminding us that we need to make sure we're watching what we're saying. Amen, because either we're speaking life or death, blessings or cursings come from our mouth. And I want to be blessed and I want to be a part of life. Amen, and we want to uh, follow uh, the word of God. Amen. Amen, God bless you all. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Amen, let's go and be a